Hey guys, welcome to the Seven Figure Box Show. This is Andrew Frezza. I'm back with a solo episode here. And in today's episode, I'm gonna be trying to help you guys answer the question of are you meant to be a coach or a gym owner or whatever it is that you're doing as a career or spending your time on every single day. And today's episode is really all about this idea of alignment and helping you to create an alignment between you, who you are as a person, and your business or your career or what you spend the majority of your time on. And to elaborate on this concept, I wanna start with an example, okay? So the example for us at our gym where we try to create more alignment with myself and my brother and our business and our coaches and our business is having coaches take classes regularly. So I wanna break this down so you guys really can see in detail how much there is an alignment between our coaches taking classes and our belief and our approach to our gym. So our gym is primarily a group class facility. About 70 to 80% of our monthly revenue, our annual revenue comes specifically from our group classes. So even though we have auxiliary services like nutrition and personal training and retail and all those different things, we have to realize that we are primarily a group class based facility, okay? And when we hire, we specifically look for coaches now that love taking group classes. And it's a requirement at our gym that coaches take at least three group classes a week or 15 classes a month. We like for our coaches to basically hit the committed club, which is the same goal for our members. We, we try to get our members to hit that 15 classes a month. That puts them in the committed club. And we ask the same thing of our coaches. But realistically, when we hire, we don't just look for coaches that are gonna be able to find a way to hit that bare minimum of 15 classes a month. We look for coaches that are gonna look at that number and and laugh at it. They're gonna look at that number and go, I love taking group classes. And if my schedule allows, I'm gonna take group classes almost every single day. That's how much I enjoy doing it. So we want coaches that don't just have to work to hit three classes a week, 15 classes a month, or have to be forced to do it. We want coaches that love to do it. It's a big step up, it's a big difference to find those coaches that really love to do it. So why do we do that, all right? Well, because again, for us, the group class is a big part of our facility. And for, from our perspective, we think the group class has so many benefits. We think it's, it's a great way to develop as a coach, okay? And that's both to develop your other coaches. So when I take a class as a coach, I can provide feedback to my other coaches to help them get better. Also, I can use that experience to become better as a coach myself in both the short term and the long term. So from a short term perspective, if I take a class and I'm going to be coaching that class later on that day, I guarantee that I'm going to deliver a better class because I took that class earlier that day. There's going to be little nuances. There's going to be things that I don't have to think about. I intuitively just know and know how to coach because I've experienced that from the member's perspective already. From a long-term perspective, it's a way for me to really put myself in the member's shoes and to learn from our other coaches that are out there. So I can actually, through taking a class, pick up on things that my other coaches are doing, things that I like that I wanna do more of, things that I don't like that I wanna do less of, and it's gonna make me a better coach in the short-term and the long-term. From a camaraderie perspective, taking classes is huge. So that's camaraderie with your other employees, your other teammates, where now you have this uh, camaraderie of taking a class, sharing that experience, giving feedback, it opens more lines of communication. There's just a shared experience that you guys all have. 
And then on the member side, it's the same thing. It's a great way for you to break the ice with the members, for them to see that you do exactly what they do, for them to feel connected to you. Um, it's also a great way for you to learn names. So when I take a class, usually I'm there five to 10 minutes early, I'm there five to 10 minutes later. So not only do I get that hour with the class that I've taken, but now I get 10 minutes to talk to the class that ended before us. I get 10 minutes to talk with the class that is starting after us. And basically I get three hours, three classes worth of people that I've interacted with and got to see and get feedback from and talk to and communicate with. And all those things add to the community that you're building. It's also a great way to improve your programming. So whether you program for personal training clients or group class clients, you know that it's just different when you write that program. You might have put all the thought in the world into making sure that that program is spot on and it does exactly what you want it to do, but it's just different until you see it in action. And it's even more different when you get to experience it for yourself. You know, you guys have all done probably an open workout before. You've seen someone else do that open workout, but it's just not the same until you do it yourself. So whatever that workout is, when you experience it and you're experiencing it every single day by doing classes regularly, it changes your viewpoints. It allows you to add more value to the programming moving forward. And I think that a lot of coaches out there will think that when they hear something like this, that I'm saying that, okay, because you don't take group classes, you can't be a good coach. And I don't believe that's true. I think you can be a good group class coach, even though you have your own program or um, you're training for something else and you have to modify your program. I think it's possible. But this whole idea is about alignment. This whole thing is about being effortless with our time. And if we're gonna work out anyways for an hour, why not do something, why not work out in a way that has an alignment and a value add in all these other areas, right? If we're gonna work out for an hour on our own, there's little value that's gonna be added to ourselves as a coach. If we work out an hour in a class, we've uh, opened the opportunity to be able to develop as a coach, we've opened the opportunity to improve our relationships with the members, improve programming, build team camaraderie, all these amazing things that was an hour that you were gonna to have to spend anyways. And that's what we're trying to find here with this idea of alignment is where are the things that feel effortless but have a massive impact on you, on your team, on your clients, on the business. So that's really my first big takeaway for why you need alignment in your business is that it can 10X your output, right? An hour of your time is now that much more productive. The other reason why I think it's so important is because tough times are inevitable. We've all experienced it over the last year with, with COVID, whether you've had it you know, easier or harder, it doesn't really matter. You've been challenged in one way or another. And if you don't have that alignment, that strong passion for what you do, it can make you not want to do it at all. And it can completely knock you off task. And rightfully so. I mean, really, we want to be doing things that we love and we enjoy and we're able to get through those tough times because there is alignment. And that's really my third and final point, which is what are you on earth to do? Why are you here in the first place? And if you're gonna be here for 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, whatever that time is, why not maximize that time and why not spend your time on things that you truly, truly love? Okay, and if you're at a group class facility like ours that has that gets 70 to 80% of their revenue from group classes and 
essentially 70 to 80% of their offerings. The entire business is built around the group class and you don't love doing group classes, then maybe you're at the wrong gym and there's nothing wrong with that. And there, that's, that's where some of this self-awareness comes in and, and being a little bit introspective to look at and say, okay, am I at the right place? Because there's many niches within this coaching industry that you can kind of fit yourself into. There's things you can do online. You can get personal training focus. You could be more nutrition and lifestyle focus. You know, the internet has allowed us to impact so many people. COVID has helped us make that transition even faster to be able to uh, do more online and reach more people online. And if you're not happy doing what you're doing, then find that thing where there is that alignment, there is that passion, and those things feel effortless for you. So a lot of you guys are probably out there thinking, well, I don't know what those things are. I don't know how to find those things. So I wanna give you guys a simple exercise to help you find where are those things that are gonna have the most alignment. And it's gonna be three questions that you're gonna ask yourself that you can kind of journal on and answer, and then figure out where the overlap is, like a Venn diagram, where is the overlap between these three questions? So the first question, and it's kind of a series of questions, but what do you love doing, okay? Where do you find yourself most often in a flow state? Where do you find yourself most often feeling like time is just disappearing? Another uh, metric that I use is like, where are the times that I don't even think about my phone? I don't think about checking my email or checking my text messages. I'm just lost in those moments and I'm completely 100% present in those moments. Though there's a good chance that those are the things that you love doing the most. Another question that we ask in our hiring process that's grouped into this first question is what are the things that you spend your time on when you're not working? When there's no one telling you what to do, what are those things that you spend your time on you just naturally gravitate to? Those are likely gonna be the things that you love and you're most passionate about. So that's category one that you have to answer. Number two is what are you good at? All right, so these don't have to be the same as what you're passionate about or excited about. What are you good at? What are the things that other people have told you you're good at? What are the other things, what are the things that other people have asked you for advice about? What are the things that you've excelled in in the past? Where have you seen success throughout your life in different areas? These are all gonna be signs of things that you're good at and things that sort of come naturally to you. And then lastly, we wanna actually look at the outside world and say, what are the areas that have the most value to the outside world? So where are the things that, again, maybe it's where friends and family have asked you advice. That's a good sign that you're not just good at it, but it has value to other people. But where are the things that people are regularly paying a lot of money for? Right? And in the fitness industry, there's a lot of things that people have regularly paid money for over years and decades. So there's a lot of sort of proof of concept of those various things. And then there's a lot of things that people don't value in the fitness industry that people don't really pay a high price tag for. So you can look at where that value is sort of skewed towards maybe a higher end thing like a personal training session versus a lower thing like a, a boot camp class, right? There's a big variation between those two different types of services and it's not to say that you can't make a significant uh, living doing boot camp classes versus personal training but it is worthwhile to know okay what does the what does the audience my client the world value and be aware of that okay so you guys now have should have three different lists what do i love what am i good at and what do other people value 
And where there's overlap in those three is most likely where you're gonna have the most alignment in your life. And if you dive headfirst into just that, if you can narrow your focus into just that, you're likely gonna be very, very successful long-term and it's gonna feel as close to effortless as it can possibly feel in order for you to reach those levels of success. Now, one thing I wanna touch on before I move on is that I do think that these questions, these categories should kind of be ranked in your head. And I think a lot of people will often start with like the, the last question, question, which is like, well, what are other people value? What are other people willing to pay for? And that's where you see like people going into careers that they're, they don't even, they know going into it, they're not gonna enjoy it, but they're like, well, I can make good money doing it. And yeah, I could suck it up for the next 40 years of my life, working these crazy hours, making good money, and then someday I'll be able to retire and finally enjoy sort of the fruits of that labor. And that's where a lot of people start, especially in just kind of your general culture. Um, I think the coaching career is a little bit different where people are a little bit more creative, thinking creatively and kind of leaning into more of their interests and what they love. But generally, that is kind of the natural thought process is like, where can I make good money? Now, I would encourage you guys to focus, if you had to rank those three, focus on what you love doing first. I think that is by far the most important. I think that if you love doing something, even if you're not good at it today, you have the highest likelihood of being good at it in the future. And then I think that if you love doing something because of the role of the internet and the online being allowing us to be able to access essentially an infinite amount of people, billions of people, we don't have to have a lot of people finding us or liking our service in order to be successful. I don't know if you guys follow Tim Ferriss, but Tim Ferriss always brings up uh, Kevin Kelly's um, article that he wrote about 1,000 true fans. And basically from a creative standpoint, he's really talking about writers here, that a writer only needs 1,000 true fans to be able to make a successful career, make six figures basically, and be successful uh, as a writer. And I think in a fitness industry, 1,000 is really high. You don't even need 1,000. You probably need more like you know, 20 to 50 to really be successful where you can help those people in a given niche, right? And that could be such a specific niche, like that could be something as specific as like, you know, diets based on keto based on, you know, functional fitness performance. If that's what you're passionate about, that can be a niche that you really dive head first in. And if it excites you, you will eventually be good at it, even if you're not good at it today. I think there's exceptions to that. You know, if you are five foot five and uh, you're not very athletic and you want to be an NBA basketball player, then it's probably not going to happen. And even though you love playing basketball, it may not be the best area for you to spend your time in. But I think that's those types of situations are few and far between. And then that same person may not have to be an NBA player. That person could be an NBA front office person. They could be uh, an, a coach, an assistant coach. They could be an NBA blogger or YouTuber. There's so many opportunities for that person who's passionate about the NBA, even though ultimately they may want to be a player, they might be able to find that sub niche that fulfills them just as much that actually utilizes more of those things that they're good at. And then the last thing that I wanna touch on is that I found with myself, with others, with our team, is that people are often scared to really fully lean into and step into the things that they love doing. And 
I think there's sometimes a matter, a little bit of a, a guilt around it. And I think also there's sometimes a little bit of a lack of self-awareness to realize that just because I love something doesn't mean that other people love that thing just as much. So often if someone loves some loves doing something, they don't want to take too much of that on because they don't want to take that opportunity away from other people. Okay, so like one small example that we had with one of our, our team members this past week was she was like just saying to me how much she enjoyed doing some of the back end Zen planner work. She enjoyed doing, we're, we're switching over a lot of our memberships right now. She enjoyed just kind of spending hours in there and make make making those membership switches and making sure that each one was done right and that um, you know, if there was things that the customer needed to know about or hear about, like she reached out to them individually and made sure they were taken care of. And she really enjoys that ability to just kind of like go on a zone and just like do a bunch of stuff in Zen Planner and make those changes and clean up our back end. And she, I could also tell that there's a little bit of like a guilt or a reservation around doing more of that in the future, feeling like, well, is this the best use of my time or energy as a staff member? And, you know, the thing that I, I tried to encourage her is just like not it's so hard to find people that love doing that. And when we do find someone that loves doing those back end things, like we're going to have them do a lot of it. And we want her to do more of that because of the fact that it is so hard to find those people. And like, you know, group classes is, is another example, like with our team, our general format or general path for a coach is that when they first come into our facility, our, our gym as a coach, we hire them, that we start them with about 17 to 18, 17 to 19 coaching class hours of group classes. Um, they start with some fundamentals, some one-on-one -on -one sessions, like doing our 40 days to fit, personal training, onboarding. And then they have usually a small role outside the gym where they're doing social media or maintenance or something like that. Um, and then they have their, their role to be a part of our weekly meetings. So that's kind of their role when they first start. But over time, as we've seen with the majority of our coaches, is that we like to work them down in group class hours as they build their personal training book of business and as they become more valuable in the non-coaching roles and they want to take on a bigger role as it relates to programming or social media or something like that. But then we, we often come across, every once in a while we come across a coach that just loves doing group classes and they don't wanna get rid of those group classes. But then sometimes they feel guilty about taking on more of those classes because they feel like they're taking away those opportunities from other coaches or they feel like this is the path they should be on. And you know I really want those coaches to be open with me, with themselves, be honest with me, with themselves, and own the fact that they love doing group classes and communicate that because chances are we're going to give them more group classes because chances are there's a coach who is really enjoying personal training who wants to do less group classes. Or we've had similar examples where the 40 days to fit, those, those onboarding sessions are a great example. We have about a 50-50 split with our coaching staff. We have about half our staff that absolutely loves those. It's their favorite thing to do. And then we about have about half of our staff that doesn't love the 40 days to fit. It feels a little bit more like, like babysitting compared to group classes or personal training for them. And we do work on everybody's mindset in that regard. We don't just brush that off, but there's, a, there's certainly an effortlessness that comes with that alignment of stepping into those things that you love and you're good at. 
Um, so that's really what I wanted to end on. If you guys want to see a great example of where this alignment is, listen to our most recent episode with Charlie Lima that we did about personal training. I think he just truly embodies that alignment. He's someone that's been a personal trainer for 18 years and loves doing it and continues to do a lot of it and built his gym around it. So um, hope you guys got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Andrew at fittown.com and we'll see you at the next one. Oh, 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 oh,